hello again. Click the link and count to ten. Wait for the download and then hear the oodcast, my friend. Yes, we're back again. So long since we've been with you. You probably need a tissue. Come along, we'll review. Review Spyfall by Chris Chibnall with our eyeballs. Watch it all together. See the Spyfall up the Eiffel. It's quite odd, but. Just a part of the season which will impart stories of time and space and art. You might hate Jody, you might curse her name, but her show's about to start. Start with Spyfall. It's a space program. It's not football. Watch it all together, 'cause it's my fault. New Year's special, semi-formal. Watch it all together. It's my It's my fault. We'll watch my fault.
Well, there's a new series of Doctor Who, which means a new series of the U-Cast too. Hooray! Sounds good to me. So we'll all edit our own sketches this year, and then I'll collate them and produce the final master to upload to the podcast server. Uh, is that all right? Yes, yes, it's great. I love editing my sketches. I feel like I'm really getting the hang of it. Although it's going to take a while before I've truly mastered every aspect of it, I think. Actually, talking of new skills, I've just started a new hobby, making ships in bottles. Oh, wow. How exciting. That must be hard work. Oh, it is. I think the hardest part to get right is the mast. Uh, what was I talking about? Ships in bottles. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's That's my new hobby. Yeah. Well, while we're revealing things, I've also been keeping something from you both. What's that, my love? I'm not actually Chris Mead. I'm an evil renegade genius who killed him with a tissue compressor and took his place. Oh, no. That makes me really sad. But how could I have known? How could I have known? Well, I left enough clues. Oh, don't you remember what I said earlier? And then I'll collate them and produce the final master to upload to the podcast server. Final master, master... You witless human idiots! I was hiding in plain sight! Diabolical! Except for one thing. I am also the master! I too killed the pathetic human that I am now masquerading as! What? So I've been married to myself all these years? It appears so. Let's not think about it in too much detail. Why didn't you say something? I did. Don't you remember what I said just today? Although it's going to take a while before I've truly mastered every aspect of it, I think. Truly mastered every aspect of it, I think. Truly mastered every aspect. Truly mastered, 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 mastered. But that's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? I mean, you didn't even say master. You used the past tense of the verb to master. Yeah, that is pretty weak. No, it isn't. Think about it. The past tense. The past tense. It was a clever reference to time and the fact that I am a time lord. I don't know. I think that's pushing it a bit, to be honest. Also, consider my name. Laura Mead. Laura M. Those letters are an anagram of alarum, as in alarum, alarum. This woman is an evil, murder-happy alien. No, I don't know, dude. I'm another version of you and I didn't get that at all. How about you, Alf? What about me? Are you a time-displaced incarnation of the Master too? No, I don't think so. So what was that whole thing about ships and bottles then? That's... Just my new hobby. But you said... Oh, it is. I think the hardest part to get right is the mast. Uh, the mast. Uh, the mast. Uh, the mast. Uh, now, nah, that's just a coincidence. You're reading too much into it. Not everyone who uses the word master is the master, you know. Fine. I suppose. So, this is a bit awkward, isn't it? What, with you murdering both my co-hosts and all? Yes. It's a little tricky. Should we just pretend this conversation never happened? Probably for the best. Great. Um, Roll the theme music then. Oh, 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the Oodcast. Yes, it's 2020, and once again, we return. We are together. My name is Chris Mead, and we also have my lovely wife, Laura Mead. Hello! And my excellent other co-host, Mr. Chris Foston. Hello! Yes, there we are. We are all around our little circular table once again, and it feels like an age. And do you know why? It's because it has been an age. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to report in people's lives? I'm sure our listeners are very interested <laughs> in our lives. I've just realised that a triangle inside a circle is the same shape as um, from my cycling proficiency badge when I was really little. There we go. <laughs> Huge news from the Mead household. There is also a cycle inside the triangle. <gasps> oh, of, the, of your cycling proficiency badge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That was less exciting than <laughs> But you, Mr. Foston. Well, um, my baby is now three, which what? seems incredible. That's not even a baby anymore. No, I know. He's more like a person, mm. which is a shame. I have to interact with him and stuff. We should report that this um, baby is not the littlest doctor. This is... No, this is... Yeah, the ba- when I was The next baby. Well, yeah, the, the, maybe the littlest master. You know, <gasps> I thought that might be a road I could go down. Sometime. Is he actually evil, though? Well, not not exactly. He's always been very jolly all the time. Yes, I that's what makes me suspicious. Him. Anyone or, who's jolly that much, yeah. there must be something going on. He does um, tend to dominate the room quite a lot. So yep. maybe there's a foreshadowing there. Yeah, and there, there were the odd outbursts of, of slightly intemperate speech, perhaps. Yeah. We were on holiday over Christmas and um, my wife took him to a playground. And as they were walking to the playground, a stranger walked past them and said, Oh, Nice jumper to Rowan. And Rowan said, stop talking about jumpers and carried on. Nice. <laughs> I have a mutual, well, an acquaintance in Cornwall who has a child. And he once, there was a bald man walking down the road. And he said, hey, you. Yes, you. Cash prize winner. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing for a baby to do. Oh, I oh. love it. <laughs> um, so we're all well. Yes. And we're all excited about Series 12 of Doctor Who. It's Series 12, is it? I can never remember what series we're on, but yes. I mean, I, I believe I so. I am very, yes, I am excited. I'm hoping for good things. Good. Mm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> your, your enthusiasm, as always, is uh, catching. In many ways, I've already been rewarded with good things hmm? since the start of the year. I think things have been good. Great. Well, it looks like we are, as always, sliding into our review uh, with oh, our... Oh, I see. That's what that was about. Okay. Trademark <laughs> shambolic style. Can you slide shambolically? You can. It hurts, though. Like a drunk falling down the staircase. on the knees if you, if you slide shambolically. Um, we are going to talk about the first and second episode of the series, uh, both called Spyfall, Spyfall Part 1 and Spyfall Part 2. We're just going to do one episode about both of them. Um, we'll go to Mr. Foston first. What did you Hello. think about Spyfall? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I have tried for a really long time to not worry about detail when i'm watching doctor who how's that going for you chris yeah fine actually because okay. <laughs> i really um i only really notice some of the detail in terms of where there might be flaws after the fact 
Um, so it never bothers me when I'm watching it. And they're I... normally below you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the floors. Oh. Uh, um, anyway, so I really enjoyed it. Is Good. the short answer. Uh, I um, partly because it was much more confident from the start. Yes. There was no attempt at apology, no attempt to sort of slow build up. It was just full on from pretty much the beginning. And there was, it, I, I just think that's the right way to tackle it. We wanted something exciting to start the season and this is what we got. And yeah. It's become a bit of a Chibnall move. Let's go all around the globe and meet people who we will never meet again because they die. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Loz? What were your first thoughts? Uh, definitely, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, probably for the same reasons as Chris. I sort of held it lightly. Didn't expect sort of heart-wrenching emotion. Did expect to be entertained. And that I thoroughly was. And I want to say that I very much enjoyed the introduction of Noor and um, Ada. Because Ada Lovelace slash whatever her name was in the thingy is is quite a well-known um computer scientist the inventor of programming so to speak but i had never heard of noor and it prompted me to take a a deep dive into her very very sad history um with thanks to some members of the community who posted a bit of research they'd done and i just think you know Quite often, women are written out of scientific history and mechanical history, and yet they have had a great impact in the fields of engineering, mechanics and science. And at this point, we want more women to be involved in STEM than ever have been. If we are to, as a species, enter, engineer ourselves out of the crisis that we have um, precipitated. Did and you say so, STEM? Yes. Mm. Does that stand for science, science technology, technology, engineering, engineering and, and mechanics. music? Oh. Good good one though. I mean, yeah, sure. Ladies, if you want to do some music, you do those lovely tunes. I for one very much approve. But um yeah, I feel like uncovering those unsung gems of female history is an excellent thing for the program to do. Now, I haven't looked at the gutter parts of the internet, but do we think that there will be a certain section of fandom who will take Chibnall uh, cheerleading female uh, endeavours as another bit of wokeness that is destroying everything about Doctor Who? Yes. I'm certain <clears throat> that there will be, but Let's just not as look I at them. said to you... Do it. Yeah, nobody has to listen to people being wankers. But also, I hope that they would be slightly appeased by Graham doing a soft shoe shuffle in a tuxedo. You can't get more sort of old white guy friendly than that, can you? What, a guy doing a soft shoe shuffle in a tuxedo? <laughs> yeah. That was thrown in there for the grandfathers it and was. the intolerant males. <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> wow. I think they're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll do a bit of that. Shooting laser beams from his yeah, feet. Yeah, with That's... an unnecessary piece of uh, useless technology. <laughs> Good afternoon, Agent. Welcome to Q Branch. Afternoon, Q. Lovely to be here. Indeed. Well, as you know, 0013, we here at Q Branch are tasked with creating the equipment that you agents use in the field. Shoes that shoot lasers or cufflinks that shoot rockets, that kind of thing. Absolutely, Q. I love all this spy stuff. What have you got for me today? I think you're going to like this, 0013. What does this look like to you? It's 
My TARDIS! Ah, good guess, Agent. It does look like a Type 40 TARDIS with a broken chameleon circuit, but it's actually an antique police telephone box. Oh, right. So, it doesn't travel in time, then? No, it allows you to phone the police. Wow. I suppose that might come in handy. Yeah, we thought so. And while we were at it, we upgraded your sonic screwdriver. Oh, brilliant! It still looks like an alien artefact of unimaginable power and utility, but we've cleared out all that messy extraterrestrial circuitry and installed a little surprise of our own. You don't mean... I do. It's now an actual screwdriver. Flathead and Phillips. No need to thank us. I wasn't going to. Ah, here we come to the piece de resistance. The chaps and I are really pleased with how this one turned out. A handheld Dalek gun. I can't believe you managed to replicate an item of such incredible destructive force. Yes, it does appear to be a Dalek gun. But as is so often the case here at Q Branch, appearances can be deceiving. Would you like me to make you an omelette 0013? I don't know what to say. We also have a device to help you unblock your toilet. It's ingenious, but I won't spoil the surprise. There is a scene I would particularly like to talk about, I think, or pick out in any way. Um, the scene between the Master and the Doctor at the top of the Eiffel Tower, which I thought was brilliantly done. Given that how, given how crazy um, Sasha Dewan's Master had been up to that point, how m- kind of maniacal and, and camp, I suppose, and, and, you know, to have this kind of intimate but still quite charged conversation between the two, was actually really beautifully put together and really well realised um, and topped off with a little bit of, um, I think, the kind of mischief making that this Doctor seems to be particularly good at. Um, I, I, that scene on its own could have made the story for me, I think. Um, yeah, it was a nice way of sort of flattening the the kind of the peaks of the reveal and the evil plot side with a with actually this is where we start fighting back um <clears throat> but also that leads to the kind of devastating end for the doctor of the the story doesn't it with the gallifrey news well i, I think you brought up mm. a few things that i want to talk about there first of all the reveal of the master coming mm. back after only one season away normally when he she they go away they go away for a while and it's more of a sort of like, whoa, they're back. But so they're back quite quickly. For me, I thought it was just brilliantly done. I loved it. I, I loved his take of the master. I loved how brilliantly maniacal he was at the beginning. And then um, over the course of the second episode, uh, that actor's range mm. um, and, and the way he played the master. And I think just that scene you're talking about on top of the Eiffel Tower, and I thought, this is such a great scene because the essential dynamic between these two characters is just as it was right back to the mm. Pertwee era. And yet, you know, the Doctor's a woman now. The Master's uh, a man of colour. It's just so cool yeah. that they changed all their external stuff, but they were able to capture this brilliant uh, adversarial relationship that goes back all of these years of writing with... Uh, it just felt so Doctor Who and so new at the same time. I just thought it was so brilliant. It mm. really charged me up. And it made me so excited for the series. But was there 
always sexual tension. Well, I mean, you could argue there always was, yes. Because I think there was a real flea bag moment with the whole kneel and call me by yeah. my real name. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen I've seen a, a trailer for that, like Fifty Shades of Gallifrey, based on that scene, which is you know <laughs> already fair, fair comment, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, there was so uh, that's one of the things I loved about it the most, I think, because there was a some proper touches of kind of classic. Um, who, as well as the kind of acknowledgement of this is, you know, this stunning new world we live in with this, what we can do with effects and stuff is incredible. But the the relationship was much closer, I think, to what it was before. <clears throat> there was still, the original masters weren't like hysterically camp and and maniacal in that way. They were much more like proper old friends who respected each other as much as they hated each other and occasionally worked together. Um, but I got a feeling of that from particularly that scene. There was a proper, we are on one level. It's not, you are crazy and I am trying to save the world. It was, right, what do you want? Because this is where we are and I need to work out how we get out of this. And they talk to each other as equals, which I loved. I'd agree with Chris. I think all the different relationships that we've seen the Doctor and the Master have over the years, there were shades of that in there because of course the missy 12th doctor relationship had a bit Mm. of that sexual tension there as well um and so there were some of the really old relationships some that knew it felt like their entire life histories together were those two actors were able to imbue that scene with that which i Mm. thought was really lovely so the old fan in me and the new fan in me were both happy both vibrating at the same um frequency frequency. Mm. yeah the moment he pulled out the tissue compression um thing i never remember what it's called but that that his weapon that shrinks people to tiny little dolls i i punch the air slightly because that feels to me that's that's what he always should do why why does he never do this in the other stories what where does he keep it when he's being burnt in in a pyre by the 10th doctor I, I, I kind of quite like the idea of him making his own little Subutio team yeah, yes. out of all the people, what he has shrunk. Sylvanian families. You know, no, Polly Pocket. <laughs> like for anybody who's not in the UK who can't remember Polly Pockets, they were crappy little plastic dolls that just sort of bent at the waist. So That you kept inside powder compacts. Yes. Yeah. Very, very small. I would never look at an Argos catalogue in the same way again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I, I we, we're pretty much agreed that bringing the master back and with that actor was pretty phenomenal mm. and paid off. Well, He's a wonderful piece of casting. When it happened, I thought, oh man, they've jumped the shark. I oh, was wow. really not, I was just like, this is way too soon. They Why have they blown all their chips in such a way? That well-known phrasing, <laughs> blown all their chips. All of their chips, all over the place. Because they were too hot. Were their chips too hot? No, no. Like <laughs> so they in, had to blow them to them In the gambling down. sense, all of their chips oh, I see. have been blown on bringing back this big threat. I bet you can't Menacey jump the menace. shark. Mm-hmm. Well, quite. But I, I, I was not sure at all, but I've got to admit... Sasha's um, portrayal made me, he did make me a convert. I liked how close to tears he came at points and and you really do feel like, okay, oh, he's he's finally snapped. Something has happened that has just loosed those strings of compassion that Missy was beginning to grow. And who knows if he is even the one that came after Missy. He may be somewhere in the middle. And it does feel like um, 
the consequence of Missy in a way, the consequence of Missy kind of going good at the end of that storyline mm. was now that, and so he's still bad, but he has this kind of, this emotion behind it. Mm. Whereas Missy was always, I felt quite cold, mm. quite calculating all the time, no matter what she was doing, it was, you know, there was a purpose. And I think <clears throat> for him, for sorry, for this, this new master, um, there's something behind that. He can feel the desperation that perhaps in other incarnations he hasn't. Mm. And that that was really interesting for me. I like that a lot. There was that line in, uh, in, in the scene on top of the tower when she asks him, where does this all end for you? And he doesn't have an answer. No. <laughs> sort of, yeah, that's, that, I think that's the question at the, the centre of the master for me. I also really like that Chibnall continues the tradition by showrunners of giving characters long amounts of time that Big Finish can do episodes <laughs> in. So we now know that this master has been on Earth, trapped without his TARDIS <laughs> for so, for since... Uh, 77 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's given him a whole... Yeah, that could be three or four Big Finish series. Congratulations, like, Sasha, you have a career for life now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably has anyway, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is anyone sitting here? Help yourself. Thank you. The sparrow has left for the sun. Has it? The sparrow has left for the sun. So you said. The juice has left the water, buffalo. What I said, it is code. Oh, so is mine. Not my code. No, I made this one up myself. Want to hear another one? No. That's a shame, because I've got loads of them. The stopper's out of the hot water bottle. The window cleaner's dropped his bucket. They're so much fun to do, I could go on for hours. Uh, I have come from Comrade Pashlikov. I know. Your response was not protocol. Very little I do is, mate. Have you at least got the merchandise? Oh, the secret documents? Shh! Well, is that what you want? Yes. No, I haven't. Well, then why did you arrange this meeting? It's a trap, isn't it? You'll find that I've just stuck you to this bench, and the squirrels in this park really love a cheese sandwich. Good choice, that. I don't have a cheese sandwich. No, but I do. Here, let's just pop that in your pocket there. Sorry, Boris, your time's up. My name is Vasily. So the other thing I wanted to talk about from your point is the beginning of a season arc that we saw at the end of the episode. Yes, the mm. timeless child. Yes. Exactly. That thing that was mentioned in a throwaway line by Tim Shaw, I think, in the last season that we all thought, oh, that will come back. And it yeah. did. The other reason I liked it was I think a lot of the time the 13th Doctor, all she's given is this incredibly sort of bubbly personality and this allowed her to be sort of brooding and we saw some of the 10th Doctor in it, some of the 12th Doctor um, and I just thought it allowed, because obviously Jodie is such an amazing actor, I want her to be able to play the full range of this incredible character mm. and I thought those last moments allowed that incredibly and I just saw 
so much more. And something that I knew she was capable of doing, but she just wasn't allowed to do uh, yeah. in the last series. Um, so that was brilliant for me. It's and quite I'm so easy excited. to let her doctor become a cartoonish character. So it was it was really nice to get the contrast mm. yeah. and to prove that she can do it in this context. Yeah, just fantastic work. And also to do a lot of standalone work without the rest of the TARDIS crew for this whole second episode. I think that the fact that she's worked with David Tennant before really did come out because there were big streaks running through the performance of of Ten Energy right the whole way through the episode. Tenergy, if you will. Tenergy. <laughs> Tenant G. Um I just I just wanted to, as we're talking about um bits where the doctor wasn't um i just wanted to give a little shout out to lenny henry and his performance which was cold creepy strangely non-human in places like mark zuckerberg testifying in front of congress i would say he was about 93 percent human in yeah, his trail yeah yeah at least that right. but i thought one of the best scenes in it was um the scene with his mum where the actress playing his mum, whose name I don't know, but she was brilliant. Um, and that parent-child dynamic of why can't you just say well done mm -hmm. and her not giving him anything whilst fulfilling the brief. Ah, oh, just, <laughs> just such fantastic acting from both of those mm. um, actors. And There was a real truth to it, I think. It sort of felt like... Yeah, that you they sketched the, the his, their history together. That nothing he ever did was good enough. It was sort of like we're in the top fifty Doctor Who podcasts in the UK, Mum. Why don't you care? Sorry, I just no, um, <laughs> I, I talk too much. Sorry, what were you saying, Laura? Um, I just thought that amidst uh, some of the sci-fi babble and the fairly loosely sketched plot revelation for how to defeat the glowing clowny men things. Mm. There were some really brilliant bits of dialogue and character given to the supporting cast and villains that we need to say, oh, actually, you know, when they want to, they really can pull it out. That, that scene in the hangar with his mum was really beautifully written. Mm. I agree. It's, we, I, we got more information in that one scene about him than we got in the entire of Yaz and Ryan's interview with him, which Absolutely. I think is, you know, it, uh, and that's intentional because they're rubbish interviewers yes. and spies. This way. There's the computer. Come on. You go. I'll keep an eye out here. What about those CCTV monitors? Nah, those won't help. I'll turn my back on them to bug the computer then. And I'll watch you from the door. We'll be good to see all that police training at work. I just have to put this little gadget thing on the screen and it'll download everything that's ever been on the hard drive and they'll never know. Sounds impressively unlikely. There. Ryan. Ryan. What? Do you think they'll have cameras in here? This office? Yes. Can you see it on the monitors next to you? No. No need to worry then. You're sure there's no chance they might know that we're... <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by the view from this window. What what were you saying? <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, it was really beautifully written to give us so much in such a short space of time without it looking 
um, clunky. Yeah, was really, really well done. And I, <clears throat> I agree that I do think that this shows a more confident Chibnall in a lot of ways. I think the things that he is historically weaker at were still there. Mm. Um, I don't think he's great with a joke when he gives the doctor those kind of wacky things to say it doesn't work in the way it has with some doctors beforehand with the exception of the the amazing appearing man woman lady lady when it does work i put it squarely uh in jodie whittaker's like the performance Mm. is what makes it work a lot of the time (laughs) i think yeah because they're they're still sort of persisting with the the internet is bad dad jokes with Yaz's family, which I, it wasn't funny the first time you did it, Chris. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, I think you were right in, in the, the whole danger and plot was a little bit sketchy. I didn't really quite mm. understand what was happening and it didn't really come to a satisfying conclusion for me inter- intellectually in terms of what was happening. It, it didn't coalesce for me, but I really didn't care in this instance there was there was so much that it got right that i was a very happy ood i do feel like now that they've basically given the master access to a dimension where he can zap anywhere in space and time by just jumping on the back of a glowy clowny guy and clown yeah with the pointy hats Oh, I thought, so my first thought was, oh, Puritan. Yeah. I don't know no, why. No, my, my, <laughs> uh, my, my first thought was a Piero. Oh, okay. Like the that dolls. Makes, yeah. uh. I've seen people suggesting it's a nun. <laughs> a nun. Which is interesting as well. <laughs> Maybe it says more about us as people. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, is. oh yeah, drive him, drive him into a frenzy of anger and then put him somewhere where he can go anywhere he wants. That Ooh. doesn't really seem like a very good strategy. give him really strategy. bad sunburn. <laughs> That's the... yeah i had two thoughts the day after i watched part two um the first was i didn't really understand uh daniel barton is that his name i didn't really understand his motivation why he was being evil uh, but i assumed actually after thinking about it it could just have been part of the whole social media the internet is bad and he was a sort of a figurehead for that i have an explanation for it oh go on so he says to his mum as part of his what you know why don't you love me i'm trying the best i can Mm -hmm. type speech like i wanted you to see that we are going to be the first i wanted you to be the first whereas in actual fact he is the first Mm. he's had a portion of his dna rewritten as storage for just the proof concept things as 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 like a yeah a a walking blueprint Mm. And that's enough for him. Like, he wanted to prove that he was better than everybody else. He wanted to be the first. He was. Okay. And by and that point, he was less than human. And less than human. And it still wasn't enough to impress her. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was his soul that was reformatted. Maybe that's what he lost. <gasps> okay. Well, that, fine. That's, that, that's From a genetic point of view, it was the soul. Good one, Chris. <laughs> oh, that's a bit worrying that the soul comprises only 7% of our entire... My, my second point um, <laughs> yes, was, no, no, it's fine. Uh, my, my second point was that um, one of the things I heard quite often from um, other people, I have to say, well, I don't think I thought this last year or last series, was that when 
Chris Chibnall picked a historical figure, it began began a bit began to get a bit preachy sometimes about the messages you should take from this person's life. But here, firstly, it didn't, and secondly, it actually made sense in terms of the story. The reason for those two characters made sense, um, and the Doctor put everything back where it was in the kind of in the places it was without any disturbance as far as we know and that to me made that very neat and made it made my head quite my brain quite happy because it's sort of i can make all that align without thinking about it too much and it was really enjoyable that's great i also really like spinning off from that that he used a bunch of old Time Lords are vaguely telepathic stuff from the classic series. Yes. Like when they both said contact, I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, ha ha, they're saying contact. That was brilliant. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. It just, I just remember John Pertwee intoning contact with his eyes <laughs> closed. Mm. It was great. I had no idea what was going on, but I was pleased that you were pleased. Yeah. Um, and when it came to putting everything back in its place, Oh, that was a kind of heartbreaking moment when Ada's mm. like just so desperate to hang on to everything that she's yeah. seen, the good and the bad of where humanity's going and has to have it all taken away. And I thought it was so important for the doctor to have that little speech about, you know, it's all inside you already. You, you You're the one that made it all, all happen. of this to go. You're going to make it happen because, oh. But, you know, times like a house of cards, if she knew too much, she might not have thought of the things she thought of and the whole world might be different. So I don't think the doctor mm. could have mm. risked that. That made sense to me. So new series also means new haikus. And even more exciting, you have two haikus, right? Because there were two episodes. Yeah, haiku, not haikus, but yeah. Haiku. Oh, you <laughs> with your grammar. Uh, Japanese grammar as well. <laughs> He's so learned, isn't he? Yeah, it's why learned. I wear glasses. I don't need them. <laughs> this is the haiku for Spyfall Part 1. Killer lighting starts attracting their attention. Spymaster revealed. And Spyfall Part 2. Gathering great minds helps unravel master plan. Their home is burning. Now, for many years, I've been a great fan of the podcast Pop Culture Happy Hour. And at the end of that, every week, they say something that is making them happy in the wider popular culture. And I've always felt that that would be a good fit for our podcast, too. So bear with me. How about we have a little section called What's Making Us Feel Good? <laughs> that works, doesn't it? That fits. That fits with our brand. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, what I want to do is invite you to say anything that you've been enjoying in the larger popular culture milieu that has even the vaguest uh, sort of Doctor Who link. I'm happy for anything that's even remotely Doctor Who-ish. Oh. Now, I will say that this week I didn't ask you to do that. So I thought I'd put something up first and then see if you had anything else. Um, so the thing that is making me feel good this week is that Sophie Aldred has written a Doctor Who book oh, yeah. called oh. At Childhood's End, Ace, A-C-E, At Childhood's End, where Ace meets the 13th Doctor. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, also, 
Sophie Aldred is a brilliant person. I met her once. She was great. Okay. That's the thing that's making me feel good. I haven't read it yet, but I'm sure it's going to be brilliant. We all met her once, right? We did. Did I? Yeah. You didn't know who she was? (laughs) No. Did I did I really? Yeah, yes. she was at the first live show we did. She was in, she took part in the Doctor Who's lines it anyway. She was the evil queen who mm. sacrificed Are you herself. Kidding me? I got a hug from Sophie Aldred at the end. I didn't um, even know I did Why did you think we were both so excited to meet her? <laughs> I was I was very worried about my shoes. Uh, so oh, that's um, there you go. Yes, they were too <clears> high. So there you go. L- people, don't don't be thinking about heels when you could be thinking about hugs. Um, I've got a really tenuous, Great. really tenuously connected thing that's making me feel good. Um, people who are fans of Doctor Who probably like sci-fi, don't they? Yes, they probably do because it is sci-fi. Science fact, D- fantasy. Let's, let's not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> you can... Bring it up on the community, see what they think, but don't do it here. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, um, I I have been very much enjoying my own piece of interesting technology, the Oculus Quest. That's right. Which is a wire-free VR headset, in particular the game Beat Saber, where you fly down a tunnel, or, well, blocks fly down a tunnel towards you, and you smack them into bits using some lightsabers that come out of your hands. and You're just holding them, I think, aren't you? You're just holding lightsabers. Yes, yes. And when you do it, you feel like a really badass person. Yeah, I would have to say that Laura is really, really good at Beat Saber. Uh, she is startlingly good at it. I can do expert on you some can, levels. Yeah. So, so I, I, when I played it for the first time this evening, I didn't feel like that. I felt like I was a slightly shambolic drunk having a different kind of blocks thrown at me. A but, drunken you know. Jedi film would be excellent. Oh, yeah. I would love to see drunken that. Drunken Jedi Master. Oh, that's great. We've just we've just come up with a whole new Copyright concept. Copyright house. <laughs> Um, 2020. But, but yeah, and not only does it make me feel good psychologically because I feel cool, I think also physically is probably doing me some good because I bounce around all over the place as I do it. You certainly do. <laughs> uh, the thing that makes me feel good that is vaguely related, is quite related to Doctor Who, is that I saw, I don't remember what the name of the film is now, but the new Jumanji film. I saw that just before Christmas oh, great. with the, the not so little list doctor. Um, and that has Karen Gillan in it. Yes. And it's very entertaining. I So I'm emerging from a, a slight black hole of popular culture where I haven't really seen anything except for kids films for three years and i doubt i will for quite a while <laughs> did you see the um, first of the new jumanji no as well? oh wow <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> so really i went like straight it. in at number two that's kind of uh, weird yes well so i gave him the choice because i found two screenings on the day we were going to go one was gremlins mm-hmm. which i was very keen on seeing yes and the other was the jumanji film because i knew he enjoyed the first new one and he chose jumanji so i did the good dad job and I sucked that decision up and we went and it was really really good fun and since then we've watched the original Jumanji again to kind of get back and I've got the first remake the first new one to watch now you're gonna like it it's fun I got that impression from the new one so hey that's great 
That's brilliant. And I guess I'd also like to very quickly say Dracula was pretty great as well. I haven't seen it yet. Ooh. Yes, very satisfying ending. Yes. (gasps) And if you're interested in films that really love a bit of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey shenanigans, um, and you also like a bit of comedy horror, the film Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. The sequel. The sequel. (laughs) are surprisingly good. Yeah, we had a bit of a film day the other day and we enjoyed both of them. That was, They were much, much better than we thought they were going to be. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a bit okay. like Clueless meets Groundhog Day meets Scream. Yes, very much like oh, that. Okay, That is the DNA involved in making those films, I would say. <laughs> good, well, I would say that that new part of our show is a great success. Yeah, and, and we should keep it in. And and now we will have more notice. Yeah, <laughs> more notice than me just deciding to do it. Uh, fantastic! And to you out there in listener land, thank you so much for choosing the Ucast when you could choose one of a metric billion other Doctor Who podcasts. Uh, we are so grateful for your hearts, your ears, and your brains. Please recommend us to other people and come back next week where we will be shambolicking all over the place. I quite like shambolicking as a verb. 